Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. And again, for our listeners out there, you'll have to forgive the silence. Our jaws are dropping as we're <laughs> watching Lee doing this. It's it's amazing to see this. So yeah, you there's just no other way to it. You have to experience this yourself. We're we have to edit it because they could hear our saliva dripping. <laughs> <laughs> Speak yeah. to us, Lee, of what it means for you to be able to do this in your own city, in your own home. Actually. Yeah, I mean uh, that. I mean, I didn't plan on doing these uh, these dinners here in my home for this long. I'm really actually trying to find a space, you know, that that could accommodate a little bit more, just so I can accommodate more guests. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but just being here in the Excelsior definitely means a lot to me. Um, I grew up here, right? I feel like this is this is the neighborhood. This is my neighborhood. Uh, so to be able to do what I do and, and kind of represent the Excelsior, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely special. Uh, we have uh, some red romaine lettuce. So one of our uh, popular questions or common questions that we like to ask because this is the name of our podcast, The Second Half, is that what we're looking forward to in the second half of Province SF? You finding a uh, space or what, what else could we expect from Province SF oh, for, for, sure. for the second half? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for a space uh, right now. Uh, just you know, trying to lock down um, the, the funding for it as well. Um, so it's it's coming along. Hopefully uh, sooner than later. Uh, we have some fried garlic. And a little bit more of those mustard flowers. The... The, the playlist itself, Lee, let me ask you about this. Does that come from the DJing influence? How, you know, how music factors are to the, the setting you're trying to create? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, that just kind of comes about because, like I was saying, I was a, a DJ back in the day, so this is all the, the music that I grew up listening to, um, and I still like to listen to today, so... Um, I think people can pick that up, you know, as, as far as, like, really understanding who I am and where I'm coming from. So in this new space that you're <laughs> looking for, or you're trying to have the same type of setup, uh, accommodate more? Uh, a little bit more. I mean, I, I think uh, the ideal number would be maybe, like, 10 or 12 uh, guests a night. Um, I, I feel like that's, that's a nice balance as far as... Yeah. Um, doing what I do but still making sure that my guests still have that type of experience yeah you know that intimacy yeah so this is my my take on lupia sariwa or fresh lupia and you have that uh, sweet garlic sauce right there to the right thank you and uh, yeah you can really use your utensils I put down utensils for you but if you want to go at it and try to eat it like a taco, you can do that as well. Yeah, roll Actually, it up. Actually, you know what? Give me, give me one second. I'll, I'll give you something else as well. 
something for the sauce. I wanted to add to that dish is like a little a little spoon, a little dice spoon. If you want to awesome. you know, roll that sauce onto a dish. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, this is a amazing presentation. Definitely. Again, just like everything we've had so far, the smells are you know right. are home, yeah. but visually you're piecing this puzzle together. I mean, when you're watching it, that's why we're just sitting here in, in silence. Because we're just in awe of how he's piecing it together. Right. So Lee, as a chef who puts together these intricate dishes, how does that impact the way you prepare food for yourself and your family? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't impact it at all. I mean, <laughs> We're still eating the salmon, right? We have a sausage and we eat we have it, you know. I, I, I eat just like everybody else does. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not cooking eight-course dinners for my family, you know. <laughs> it's funny because hmm. I, I tell people, when you see my boys, they don't look like they belong to the son of the barber because I rarely cut their hair. Because <laughs> when I'm done... It's not like I want to go home and cut more hair. Yeah. I want to be me. I want to be dad. That must be a challenge sometimes, though. You know, and when you've had this, like, uh, just speaking from experience, you know, like, sometimes I'll cook something good for my wife. Most of the time, on accident. And now she expects it all the time. I'm like, I don't know if I can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have that all the time, especially couples. They'll come here and say, like, one person is a cook of the family, right? And they're thinking, like, they look at me like, you know, now i got to buy tweezers or something, right? Like, oh, you know, is that what you expect now when we come home? So I did see this uh, on your Instagram with the uh, with the crab, so. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I mean. And I've had this one, too. But this one, when I had it the first time, I said this was the one. And then I had what was net after it, and I was like, "Oh man, nope, that was the one." (laughs) I mean, it was unfortunate that um, crab season is ending. We just Mm -hmm. had the ending this week here in the Bay Area. Just um, you know, it started late and it's ending early. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, that was a, a, a an impressive dish. Yeah, that those bites right there, you know, as simple as those ing- ingredients were. Yeah. And that was a little different for me compared to the other ones because, you know, fresh lupia or lupia you've had it at a lot of other restaurants, just like most of these. But, yeah, I don't know. That one was, like, totally different in terms of it still had those same flavor profiles. But visually, it was just so appealing. The vegetables were like fresh and just popping at you. So, again, this is sounding kind of old now. I've said it a few times. It was the same, but really, really different for me. Well, I'll be honest. Um, fresh lobia isn't one of my favorites. I- I've rarely ever had it, and so to have this, I don't even know if I could even try the other <laughs> kind. Yeah, I know I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, I remember seeing it, you know, like going to Goldilocks. My parents would always order fresh lumpia. Uh, you're just so used to the fried, right? Right. 
So when you see it, and it just doesn't look the same, especially as a kid. And then when I got older, I still wasn't. It wasn't anything that I uh, right. ever drawn to. But this speaks to a topic that we just covered recently about Filipino food and whether it's unhealthy for you or not. Right. It's unhealthy if you make it unhealthy. And yeah. This was a prime example of how healthy it could be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've done. I've done a tasty menu of all like you know for vegetarians, right? So I, you know, it's it's not hard. It just you just gotta be a little more creative, right? And I feel like as a chef, that's part of our job is to be able to kind of please. I mean. At the end of the day, seems like I you do, love that challenge too, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it keeps me on my toes for sure. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, uh, I'm in the hospitality business, right? And I'm I'm here to to, to make people happy and, and really kind of enjoy themselves, right? So, you know, if they have a you know dietary restriction or, or they prefer something else, you know, it, it just makes me uh, it's like challenging challenging me, yeah, for sure. Because then uh, sometimes, you know, you just hate when they do shy away from the challenge. You're like, ah, sorry, can't help you, you know? Yeah, sometimes it is what it is. Right. And And they just stick to it. Like, well, this is what I'm having. And if you're allergic to it, I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess you're just not going to have that. But in your case, you're accommodating and it's like, okay. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I'm going to figure this out because I want them to experience the whole thing completely and I was taught uh, as a young cook that um, everybody should have the same experience right regardless of what they can or can't eat uh, and I take that to heart right? I, I want everybody to enjoy themselves you know and I don't want them to feel excluded because like you know they, they don't want to eat meat just mm-hmm. because of preference I don't want to you know bash them because you know it's, it's just the way that you know they live their sort of lifestyle right um so I don't want to put them on glass and be like, sure. oh, you know, that's it. Sorry, you're just not eating this course. <laughs> you gotta watch everybody else. You know, they'll tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a clean course. I mean, all of it is. Uh, there's richness in it for sure, but like, I feel light. Like everything has just been completely tasty, and you've been able to focus on flavor. Right. Nothing's drowned out. But the other thing is, Filipino um, food. A lot of the times it. It's so heavy, right? But then when you do it... It's rich. Right. This way, you're like... When you look at it, you see the presentation, you see the portion. Is that going to fill me up? Right? But yeah. then as we go along, and then right when we get to... We're approaching the end. It's like, man, I'm right. stuffed. I'm satisfied. I get that all the time. Yeah. You know, people will look at you know pictures and say, you know... Why is it so small? Uh, you know, how's anybody gonna, you know, get filled up with a small portion? Yeah. Just, but it, it happens. It, it starts yeah. to add up, right? And, um, and you're trying to make your way through the menu. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it, it's, a, it's a challenge that, that we have as well as chefs is you want to make sure, you, you know, you, you go through the whole um, the menu, you know, this being eight courses, but you don't want them not eating the last, you know, course or a few yeah. courses, right? So. Everything's got to be distributed uh, evenly and uh, make sure that they don't have too little or too much food. So and you appreciate each dish, right? You get to enjoy all the flavors. Right. And this is really, a, a, again, I, I was seeing earlier how there's a lot of thought that went into this. It's very detailed, but it's intricate planning because even the proteins are different. 
But oh, yeah. you're getting a diversity of the proteins too. Yeah. Right? Each dish has been something very new and very differentiated from the one that just came before it. Did you have one before this? I think I'm good. Thank you. Though. You good? Yep. A little bit. I'll have a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. All right, you talked me into it. Yeah. yeah he's such you a gotta have a little bit. <laughs> so, speaking of just Filipino food in generally, do you feel, because again, when we're talking about portions, do you feel that you kind of get boxed in to this ideology? Because let's look at what Filipino food is most popular for. You got your topsy lugs, right? You have like your barbecue dishes. Um, right now you've got the, the food trucks of course it does like the, the seasick and stuff like that so there's a few elements there there's these certain flavors these these very familiar dishes to, to the social culture but then there's these portions too do you feel that that interferes with what you're trying to do? Uh, are, are you saying like uh, how I compare it to like different types of Filipino food right. and how it's presented it, it's, it's just different I feel like you know, there's a, a certain audience that, you know, appreciates this kind of cooking, and it's not necessarily just Filipino people, right? It's just uh, people in general that really like, you know, tasting menus or just reading, you know, going to a really nice mm-hmm. restaurant, right? Um, but, you know, as far as, like, comparing myself to, like, other other chefs or other places that are doing Filipino food, I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's space for everybody, right? Sure. There, there's space for everybody to kind of do their own thing, and everyone has their own... Um, like it's a food story, right? Everybody wants to present Filipino mm-hmm. in a different way. I'm not trying to bash anybody for, you know, uh, what is that, right? Or you know, what are they doing over there? No, it, it you know, it's fine to me right. as long as it tastes good. You know, that's the, that's really the bottom line. It's a very tasteless. I, th- I think it's actually one of the barriers we have just in our culture. Every time you try to differentiate yourself, it's almost like the culture pulls you back. Right? We box ourselves in. So for me, this is exactly what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be different from the norm mm-hmm. um, you want that experience go get that experience you want this experience hey, this is completely different and you're going to have to be here smell it taste it feel these textures so you know what I'm talking about so our next course here is my Arscaldo dish or Dungeness Crab Arscaldo and Arscaldo uh, I say is like a is like a comfort food right so um you know, when the weather's cold, like it has been before, not so much today, but, uh, you know, with the rain and things like that, um, during the winter time, I think this is one of those comfort dishes that I kind of gravitate to. Uh, so as soon as Dungeness Crab comes into season here in San Francisco, I mean, I, I always put this dish right away. Great dish to have on in your lineup. This is the first dish your uh, Lola will try to put in your face anytime you say you're feeling sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is also one of the products of Spanish influence right here. And a, a lot of cultures have uh, like a rice porridge dish. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the way that I cook this, or the technique that I used, uh, was very much like how you would cook risotto. It's uh, with a hot broth, and you're labeling it one at a time, constantly stirring. Uh, I did use arborio rice um, for that reason as well. Um, I did want a little bit more creamy consistency as far as as opposed to just just a broth with rice, right? So it's just it's just a different thought, uh, also just a different level of of the dish. Mm-hmm. 
I love how you use the crowd in this one. That's not anything you would see in a Filipino household. This is just uh, shredded Brussels sprouts. Yeah, as much as I love crab, oh, man. I, I don't like doing the work. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the dish for yeah. sure, but after a while, you know, I think this is probably the most uh, labor-intensive dish that, that I do. Just like you said, it's like you cook the crab, you got to, you know, get all the meat out of it. Then I got to uh, cook the rice, too. But I think it is one of, like, the fan favorites. It's, it's like yes. you said, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's... I just love how meticulous each dish is. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. But, you know, you appreciate the thought he puts into it. But it's one of those, right? And, and again, going back to the culture, Filipinos are used to big servings. Yes. So they quantify value with bigger the portions. Quantity, yeah. The quantity, correct. They don't, they don't really... Like, for me, the value is how hard is this person working? Yeah. Right? And right here, you're experiencing it from his table. You can see what goes into this. And... Yeah, that means a lot to me too. Is is knowing that my guests see the value of, of what they're getting. So, like I said, this is my Dungeness crab arrascaldo. Um, we have uh, the rice that I cooked in uh, in some stock. They're very similar to, like I said, like risotto. So it will be a little bit more creamy and soupy at the same time, a little bit. So we got the, the long meat, uh, a layer of that, then the, the shredded uh, Brussels sprouts. Uh, some purple daikon, uh, we have the uh, crab, li- crab leg, uh, some green onion, and then I also put a little bit of um, a calamansi ponzu. And ponzu is kind of a, is like a dipping sauce, or a sauce that you would have. Uh, it's like a soy, a citrus base. Uh, but I added a little bit more calamansi and some ginger as well. Um, put that on top of it. Uh, what I would suggest is mixing that ponzu into the rice. So you want that acid again to cut into that richness of the rice dish as you eat it so enjoy it thank you oh man this is the one well one of the ones <laughs> oh man take a whiff of it I know it just brings everything back you were feeling ill and you took a whiff of this you're like oh I'm feeling better already right oh man Yeah, definitely mix out. You get get a hint of all those flavors. It's crazy how much crab is in here. Yeah, the portion that went in here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't like to skin balance on those things. It was, again, it was something that I learned um, from one of my chefs, one of my mentors. He wanted to make sure that his guests really understood what things tasted like, right? So. Say we would do it, we would do like a, a foie gras, like a roasted foie gras or, or something. We made sure that it was a nice big portion because he wanted people to know what foie gras really tastes yeah. like, black truffles, right? right? He wanted to make sure he put enough so people really taste it and it's just not there for decoration. The same thing with the crab, you know, as much work that goes into it, I want to make sure there's enough crab mm-hmm. in there. Not so just we, getting one little piece. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a crab. It's going to be everybody. Oh, you're, you're getting crab in every bite. Exactly. Everybody. Yeah, it, it sucks um, when you're winding down to the bottom. <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> you know, I said that <clears throat> um, for me personally, 
growing up, I was fed a Roscaldo every time I was sick. Yeah. I would have faked being sick just to have <laughs> right? it. Yeah, they have Dungeness Crab Roscaldo. Mm-hmm. Oh, they might even lick the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, no judgment space. So I'll join you. Do how you feel. I'll join you, Harold. I always tell my kids, don't put your, don't bring your mouth to your plate. Got I'm to about to Got do to what it. they do. Yeah, you know, in the beginning, I felt bad that the guys weren't here, but <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> I stopped feeling bad three courses. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, guys, who? Who are missing? What do you think San Francisco ranks um, in terms of food culture, you know, compared to other major metropolises around the world? Oh, man. I mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I don't feel like it's not it, it's not really up there as it, as it used to, uh, I think. You know, at, at a point in time, San Francisco in the area was like, the spot, right? right? As far as culinary goes, you know, you have like friends that you know they do their thing, right? But I just feel like um, a lot of cities, even in the United States, a lot of cities uh, have kind of are doing their thing right now, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a lot more exciting, I would say, mm-hmm. than, than what we're doing. I mean, I went to um, I went to LA, maybe uh, it's been probably about a year from now. Uh, about a year ago, I went to LA just to just to go eat, just to eat at some restaurants, and I was like, man, it's it's it was, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, every place I went to was just like on point, and you know, to a point where you know I had to talk to the chef. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, man, this is this is amazing. I love the experience. I love the food that you're doing, and it's just it's different, you know. So you know, I'm excited about LA actually, uh, but you know, there's, there's other places. I mean, I. I uh, I hear good things about Austin and, and other places. Um, New York always does their thing, but mm-hmm. you know, San Francisco, what we have to offer is our produce. I feel like uh, the produce that comes out of here in the Bay Area is just like, is, is really mm-hmm. top notch, right? right? So, you know, we don't really have to do a whole lot. We just gotta, you know, prepare it properly and, and not butcher it too much, and you know, the flavor's already gonna come out, sure. right? So that's where, that's where uh, it differs from like city to city. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like you know, th- there's a lot of different cities here right. in, in the United States, even as, but even if you go into Asia and, and other places, I mean, you know, like Singapore, I mean, Japan does a thing all the time. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of good food out there for sure. That's a that's a fair response because uh, I agree. I, I think the SF food culture at one point was probably top notch, if not top three, top five. But but I felt we were you know trying to be really competitive, mm-hmm. and we were up there, like right. you said. Um, if you, ha- what is your favorite food scene? Like, what city in the U.S. would you say is your favorite food scene? I mean, I, I probably would say LA right now only because that was the most recent that I've had right? it's um but um I, I definitely want to try Austin um uh let's see I mean Hawaii does their thing just because I've, I've lived there right so I know I know a lot of people out there and, and um I have a lot of friends out there right so you know I, I enjoy spending time out there mm-hmm. Especially eating food, right? Because mm-hmm. I know that. You have a go-to in Hawaii? What's that? A go-to? Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, let's see. Um, 
I know so, it depends on which island, but yeah, yeah. So Honolulu, so so the, uh, the guy that I worked, the chef that I worked for, on Hawaii, uh, Chris Kajoka, he's he has a few restaurants out there. Um, I know he has Nero, and um, I think uh, he does. He has another restaurant out there as well. And then um, there's another, you know, there's a restaurant called Senia. This is really really good. Um, then I have some other friends that do other types of things, right? So I have a friend. That's, that they do they have this thing where it's like ice cream cakes I think they're, they're like they look amazing they're like really stacked uh, I think it's, uh, they call it uh, uh, sliced by HB or something like that it's mm-hmm. like in Hollywood as well um, then I got uh, my friend Sheldon uh, in uh, Maui okay. uh, he has a few restaurants called Tin Roof and uh, <coughs> Tiffany's and then uh, I have another friend Jojo he does Bond uh, so I mean I think there's a there's kind of a wave of these Hawaiian chefs that are from Hawaii and then they uh, they train some of them trained here in the states of places like San Francisco, New York, and things like that, and like really like high profile restaurants, and then they go back to Hawaii. I, I feel like they, they do that too in the Philippines mm-hmm. as well. I think there's a lot of chefs that come here and and really train, and they just go back and then try to try to do their thing. I right. Think as well. right. So. So this next dish, <clears throat> I won't say it because we don't want to ruin the moment, but this is the one I've been looking forward to because I've been perplexed with it, and uh, I'm really curious how Lee's going to present this one. Yeah, so when I first had it and I saw it on the menu, same, same as you, I was like, how's he going to do this? Because right. do you like it? I loved it. You love No, no, no. Do you General, like it? Oh, generally, yeah. As a kid, I did, right? But then when you get older and you know... You drift away from it, right? <laughs> You're kind of like, I want to stay away from this. This is one, one if, if it was prepared like this, oh, I'd eat it all the time. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's like, when you were a kid, you didn't really know. Um, yeah. You just kept eating it, and it was good. In fact, my daughter, Emma, still loves this stuff. It's like one of her favorites. Yeah. But sometimes I watch her eat, and I'm like... Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. But not to jump the gun, right? But like the dessert, you know, I'm a big dessert guy. Yeah, you are. And so when I had uh, this dessert, I was like, damn, yeah, man. That's all I kept thinking about when I left. Yeah, you this one? Uh, yeah. Today? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if I switched it up. No. Oh, no, and I'm glad you did it. Because, yeah. like I'm saying, uh, the last time I was here, that's all I kept thinking about was, was that dessert. I was like, man. That, that is, that is you. That when it comes to dessert, you always <laughs> jump the gun. You, you are Mr. <laughs> jump the gun when there's something sweet on the menu. <laughs> but it was, it was like the perfect closer. And then, it was like, it, it just stayed on my mind. Man. What do you guys think so far, just from your experience? Uh, what does this mean for you? It's it's different, you know. It's it's like the same food that you usually see at family gathering, like the pokeron, the the torotang that you usually eat. Grandma would make that in the morning or for lunch. It's a different taste and like you guys said I think I definitely want to have it this this way every time I have it. 
But yeah, yeah, I don't feel like it goes too far away from the most no. traditional dish, right? It's just right. it's very similar, no. but it's different. Yes. I was just gonna say, don't get spoiled, son. It ain't gonna be like this at home. <laughs> uh, this is this is definitely really interesting. It's coming together. Yeah, right. When uh, I saw this part last time, I was like, oh man. I already knew I was gonna like it, just because of this first layer right here. Because this isn't how you would normally have it. Mm -hmm. See, this for me, um, I've always just enjoyed, I've always just been a fan of chefs in general, because there's so much art that goes into it, right? It's like Martin a- is a good cook, yeah. oh, by the way. I'm, he Not like this though. He does presentation good. really well. Okay. Um, but you know, it kind of reminds me, kind of infusing it with uh, with hip hop roots here. That that J. O. Cole verse, you know how he's how he says, "This is my canvas, and I'm yeah. painting it how I want." I mean, that's that's a. Would you agree, Leah? I mean, that's a chef. Every time you create a new dish, it's like a new blank canvas for you, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, that's where I take some of my inspiration of these dishes, how it's plated, and it's it's. Um, a lot of it is just from my own creativity, right? And uh, yeah, I would like to say that I'm uh, generally more of a creative um, as opposed to like, uh, you know, a logical thinking type of person. It's just, uh, I'm always thinking like a little more abstract, I think. Oh, this is definitely abstract here. Yeah. But like, the smells are all familiar. The smells are... Again, that's that's the that that so far has been the consistent component of what's been playing with my mind is how familiar the smell is. Yeah, but then when you look at it, it's like that is not right. what I'm used to seeing. And then the taste buds say, "But it is." Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you've had it before. So on the plate, we have uh, a parsnip puree. Right here, we have uh, roasted mantaki mushrooms. Uh, in the middle there, we have a, a braised uh, pork shoulder. So, um, Jin, my wife, uh, openly said last time, this isn't one of the things she would normally eat. It isn't? No. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. Normally, normally, you know, traditionally, this and is she, not When she it. saw it on the menu, she was like, oh, man. She was, like, worried. I'm not going to... But she she loved it. Yeah. I will say um, this is a dish that most people say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never had it or like I don't normally eat it. Um, and a lot of Filipinos will say that. It's just not something that they gravitate to when they order Filipino food. So I know our listeners are uh, listening <laughs> intently and under a lot of <laughs> with su suspense. Can you uh, reveal the dish, Lee? Yeah, so our next course here, um, main entree, is my denugawan, or my take on denugawan, or some people will call it chocolate meat, right? Chocolate Very meat. far from being chocolate, I would say. Right. I, I had, a, I had a, a family that was um, predominantly uh, Irland or, or Mexican, right, from here. And um, 
They're like, oh, chocolate and meat. I'm like, it's not really like mole. It's a little different than chocolate and meat. That's I'm what like, we were all told when we were younger, right? There's no chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How they got you. That's how they got you, exactly. <laughs> but I ate it as a kid, but I, I would only eat, I, mean, I think a lot of people say the same thing, they would only eat like what their mom made or, mm-hmm. you know, um, what the family had made. They, they never really ordered it outside. Right. Nope. So for people to say like, this is the first time they've had the one or like or the first time they've had it outside of the family um, and for them to enjoy it I think that that kind of means a lot to me too yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is definitely one to you know tip your hat to and be very proud of I mean especially if my wife was like oh yeah I ate that yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> my wife is very particular and um if so she's eating it, that means she really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, yeah. So this is our next course, is the noodle wine, like I said. Parsley puree, we touched uh, roasted maitake mushrooms. Uh, we got the braised pork uh, shoulder, uh, braised for about three and a half hours there, so it's really, really tender. Took the sauce, and then uh, traditionally, right, the, the dish is made with the, the pork's blood. So took a brazy liquid and then made the, the sauce with the bread as well. A little bit of uh, pickled jalapenos on top of that, adds a little bit more acidity to the dish, and then some upland cress. Uh, upland cress or watercress or arugula, all those types of greens. Um, the flavor profile is a little bit more like pepper, mm-hmm. so it adds a little bit of more of a black pepper or spice to the dish as well. So, please, enjoy. Yeah, I'm, and I'm looking it's, at this. It's messing with you, right? It's really messing with me because <laughs> You know, you've never seen Dinego and presented like this, right? No, not ever. Um, the smell is really there, but at the same time, it's just... Just wait till you bite into it. All right, there it goes, it. man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I inhaled this last time. Inhaled <laughs> it? I did. It just... I ate it so quick because it was so good. Mmm. Mm. Crazy, huh? <clears throat> I can't describe this in one word. I can describe it by saying this. I would punch a baby for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. That's how damn good this is. <laughs> not your mom's. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm right there with Jen because as much as I love Filipino dishes, this is probably the one dish I usually avoid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the least. Like you said, as we got older, it, it was the one we just stayed away from. Right. I mean, let's let's talk about that. Right. You get that bowl of dinigo and you present it in front of you, and what do you usually get? You don't even know what's in there. Oh, you don't know what's in there. Oh, oh yeah. it's floating around. Yeah, because all like, the sauce right. is like, it's just covered, and it's you know. Sometimes really, really thick, so you really don't know yes. what kind of meat you're eating. They if you you're know eating what kind meat, of blood you're eating. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I, that, that's when I, uh, I stopped eating, when I, I learned how it was made, right? Oh, wait a minute. You told me there's chocolate meat. <laughs> there's a chocolate. <clears throat> I would have been the same as the Latino family, you know? You talk about chocolate and meat. Um, since we got to live in such a 
very culturally diverse area you gravitate towards mole already that's the first thought that comes to your mind yeah 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 mm. oh this next one is my favorite I know I've said that about every dish, but <laughs> this is it right here. No, yeah, this one was... Uh, this has changed things for me. Yeah. This changed the game. I'm going to be thinking about this for a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, last time, Jen was so full when we got to this, right? She was like, I don't think I can eat uh, my dessert. I was like, don't worry, baby, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I will eat it. Say less. Once again, I'll be your rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he almost licked the plate. <laughs> what did you say? You inhaled it? He inhaled it. I know. I'm going to tell you straight. I've never come close to finishing a serving of baby guy. Never. Ever. No. And this is the second time <laughs> I played the plate. Wow. Someone give me a baby to punch, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it goes back to, you know, it's, it's my palate, it's my right? So I, this is what I would like to eat myself. So it's just it's balanced, right? It's just not full-on, like, just the blood flavor, yeah. right? It's, it's a little bit more balanced. Um, yeah, and uh, I get the same reaction from a lot of people. It's like, I've never had it or I would never order it. But, you know, I would, I would order this all the time. Yeah, like when you... <clears throat> Just thinking back to when I was younger and I would try to, you know, pass on it and not have it on my plate and you get capped on by like the the older, you know, the titos yeah. and the titas, right? Oh, you're not a true Filipino unless right. you eat yeah. this. Why you cook it like this? <laughs> if you had to cook it like this, then you wouldn't, have, been, you wouldn't have had to convince me. I'd be asking you for more. Right. I might actually visit. <laughs> Come around more often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how good that one was. That would have kept me out of trouble. I would have spent less nights at Sound Factory. <laughs> Man. Ours was Envy. Envy, yeah. I spent more nights at Envy. I wouldn't even know what clubs are there now. I know. I would not. It's hard not to want to talk about it, right? I know. You're so enthused to just speak to it. And because I've had it already, too, I'm, like, super anxious. I mean, I think it's a cool experience, too, and along with the whole thing, is being able to watch the whole process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. From, you know, just talking about it, from me to cook it, from me to play it and serve it, from beginning to end. You know, people don't get that experience all, all the time, right? But, being able um, to see what you put in there, right? Yeah. No shortcuts taken. No, and I, I don't have any secrets. I don't, yeah. I'm not doing anything that I wouldn't tell anybody else to, you know? <clears throat> yeah, that's what makes it unique for me. You're just seeing everything unfold. Again, you know, we've had Chef Table experiences, but never like this. Yeah. Never this intimate, never this close. Uh, you know, not to put other, other chefs on blast, but never... Most chefs aren't as personable as Lee, too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Going back to my point of just him being a really, really cool dude, really good dude. Yeah. That's kind of another thing, too, with Filipino kitchens most of the time, right? You never really get to see the kitchen. No. 
You're kind of like, what's going on? What's in going there? on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a really. Well, we were really excited when you agreed to uh, do the episode this way for us to yeah know, have the experience uh, along with us interviewing you. We were like, oh man, he said yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's giving us that second half exclusive. Right? <laughs> Seriously, second half was able to cut in line. And yeah, no, this is this is a lot of fun. I mean, and this isn't anything different than what I normally would do. Right. With my guests, that's the thing. Right. You know, I'm like I'm cooking and, and, and talking, and, and we just have a, a regular conversation um, throughout the whole dinner, and that just makes you know it, it, it's the whole package, right? It's just goes with everything and this is what I, I really enjoy and that's what I was talking about like once I started doing these dinners here and really being able to um, you know just have a, a conversation with my guests you know as we're eating you know it's around my table and um, I feel like that's what you know uh, cooking and eating should be about it's like you know enjoying it enjoying the experience uh, enjoying the people that you're eating with right mm-hmm. it's also how we were raised right in, in our in our families the the, the dinner table was, you know, where we commune, where we talk about what happened today, how are the grades looking, yes, yeah, what do you have planned for tomorrow, you know. So this is this is definitely a one of a kind experience for me. Now, for our listeners, <clears throat> they can't see this, of course. So I'm just going to describe it. Harold's face right now. I've never <laughs> seen it so still in my life. Look at him just watching everything that's going on into this dish. I'm like, hey, man, if you want to double up on my portion, go right ahead. <laughs> go extra there. I, I like, see, come on, I man, see you hoping it spills into your mouth. <laughs> like I said, the last time I was here, I, this was the dish I couldn't stop thinking about. I was like, man, that that was so good. And we were just talking about this, right? Like how how um, all the different... Um, cultures that go into the Philippines all those influences just make our food really unique yeah and it's a shame that the rest of the world doesn't get to see it the way we're seeing it right now but I don't know if you remember when we had this conversation about the this last dish and um you were you were asking me like what was so good about it right Right. and I was like I can't explain it it, but yeah I said it, it, it was basically just broken up yeah. and then <clears throat> pieced back together, but it, it, mm-hmm. in a different way, and it was it was just it was so good. So this is uh, my wife Rianne's go-to dessert, and I remember when she was pregnant with Riley, and she had those uh, pregnancy cravings because we were staying here at the time. And she'd make me get this at like two, three in the morning, ten a.m. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm driving up and down Mission Street looking for a place to grab this. It was hilarious. Did she have a go-to of where she liked? What at she that point, most? her go-to was whoever had it. Oh, yeah. And not to not to put her on blast, but she was having like ten of them at a time <laughs> at that point. Oh man, if she had it this way, forget it. Yeah, honestly, when uh, Jen said she was too full and she couldn't eat hers, I was like, yes. <laughs> I got you, babe. Yeah. I mean, I was full, too, but I was like, no, I'll, I'm going to eat this one. So our dessert course for this evening is uh, my take on Toron. And Toron is like a, 
basically it's like a banana lumpia. Uh, a lot of times people will put um, jackfruit in there too as well. So it's like banana, jackfruit into a lumpia. The way that I looked at it when I was, I was trying to conceptualize this dish is that I want it to be like a toron uh, banana cream pie. Mm. And that's, you know, yeah. I, I love banana cream pie. I mean, I'm sure you guys have had it. It's like, you know, big old pie there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's where the, the, the pastry cream comes in. So I, I did a, a little bit of vanilla bean pastry cream here on the left side. This is a dulce de leche um, that I made as well. And sometimes when people will make doron, they do like a, a syrup on it, right? Like on the doron, so it's kind of sticky. And that's where the, this kind of comes into play. We have the jackfruit puree, which is on the top there. The crumble on top, on the bottom of the bowl, is, uh, is a mix of toasted cashews, uh, toasted coconut, and muscovado sugar. Then mm-hmm. on the bottom is uh, the roasted bananas. And the roasted bananas, I pan roasted it very similar to like how you would do uh, banana squashers with uh, banana um, butter and um, some brown sugar. Mm-hmm. This right here is uh, some guava leaf tea. That's mm, so good. And I think it, it's a, a nice way to end the meal is like hot tea. Um, this I had uh, kind of accidentally found. I would say uh, the guava leaf. I found it at, at the farmer's market one day, and um, I, I, I brought it home, uh, made the tea that weekend for the dinner, and uh, you know I, I thought it was kind of a hit. I, I really enjoy it. I like the taste of it, um, and it, it's different enough that makes it unique as, as opposed to you know any other tea that I can serve. Again, I'm just blown away by all the the thought, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, that, that went into conceptualizing all of these dishes but I mean even this in, in this closure just lots no. going on here Harold hasn't stopped smiling this no. is, this is, look at him <laughs> you can't look at him but I'm, I'm going to speak to how he looks right now this guy looks like he's opening up his first Christmas present <laughs> alright here we go I've been thinking about you since the last time I was here <laughs> what's that? I was talking about food <laughs> I've been thinking about you since the last time I was here <laughs> It's, it's literally one of those things you just you can't describe to anybody yeah that was um, that was perfect what he said about um, the banana cream pie experience yes. yeah you yeah. get that but definitely the throne flavors though yeah <laughs> I'm good bro thank you cool, cool. I need to um, enjoy this again man. Yeah. this is uh <laughs> Uh, cheers, guys. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you, thank man. You. Thank you. Uh, this has been a one-of-a-kind experience, man. So, Lee, thank you again for having us. Uh, before we cut off for our listeners here, just any lasting, uh, any words you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, oh, that man, it's a good one. Um, no, yeah, again, I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, super humble and grateful. I mean, for, for all my guests to join me uh, every night. So, um, but to have me on the show, you know, thank you, thank you for inviting me. Um, no, and you know, support your local restaurants here in the city or, or really anywhere. I mean, they're they're trying their hardest to do their thing. And I'm I'm trying to do my hardest and you know do my thing and you know everyone's trying to make a living, right? So, um, 
as far as that goes, you know, uh, you know, just uh, just let them know, let them know that you enjoy what they're doing. Uh, if you do, and uh, you know, it goes a long way because, you know, like I said, they, they work really hard. You know, a lot of places, these mom and pop restaurants that are doing thing. Um, to be able to hear that and that, that little appreciation, I think that will go a long way. So, you know, I think that's uh, that's the last thing I would kind of say on that. That's awesome, again, man. Thank yeah. you. This has been an amazing experience. Thank you for letting the second half come into your home, yeah. literally come into your home, into into your kitchen. Um, Leo Polina, everybody, please check him out. SF Province, again, as he said, continue to support your, your your small businesses, your restaurants here in San Francisco. Make the SF food scene what it once was. But before you even do that, get on the guest list and, and hit this guy up. Make sure you keep it going. want to give that information again? After. Yeah, you can either follow me on Instagram or Facebook under uh, Province SF or uh, email me, uh, Province SF at Gmail. Um, you get on that guest li- or that email list. I, I usually put up um, my opening dates. Once I open up reservations, um, I'll send an email out to everybody just to kind of get that, that first dibs. And then I, I, I throw it out to my social media uh, followers. Uh, but I will say, you know, because of the, the limited seating, uh, it does it does get booked up pretty quickly. Uh, I think the last one, uh, I think it was maybe five hours. Once I put it out there, within five hours, all my all my dates and, and seeing was fully booked. So it's like Jordan drop, right? I know, right, right, right. Seven o'clock, right, yeah, right. <laughs> seven o'clock is, you know, Saturday morning, right? But no, um, you know, I don't take that for granted. I don't take any of that stuff for granted. And people coming here and, and, and telling me that they enjoyed it. I, I don't ever know who's going to show up, right? So um, I have to put my best foot forward every night and make sure that all the food and everything's presented the, the right way. So, you know, Every night's a new night, and, you know, I don't take anything for granted. Awesome, man. You've been such a humble and uh, genuine host. Uh, again, all of our listeners out there, please support Lee, support the SF food scene, support Province SF. And that said, second half signing out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. SF to the town, dad pause, now we just running our mouths, barbershop talk, rocking the spot, got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot, lifelong bond has the convos flow, time just goes, constant growth, straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs, listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.